Thank you for being here with me today. Uh, I have a few questions to ask you about government and your participation in it. And so the first question is, please introduce yourself, your history and politics and the office position that you hold now. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. My name is Robin Wilt, and I am a town council member for the town of Brighton. And I've been enrolled for about five years now. I serve as the chair of the uh, Community Services Committee meeting and the co-chair of the Finance and Administrative Services Committee. And I first got my start in politics. I'm an unlikely politician, <laughs> I, I have to admit. Um, I come from kind of the activist side of things. Mm -hmm. I never intended to run for elected office, but I was very much into single payer healthcare advocacy, um, Black Lives Matter, uh, Occupy Wall Street, a number of different movement type politics um, uh, platforms that you know, put me in touch with elected officials. And after, you know, lobbying public officials for years on some of the issues that I thought were a priority, I said, hey, you know, why not put my hat in the ring myself? And so that's how I ended up getting involved. We, uh, I was involved with a number of grassroots political organizations like um, Progressive Democrats of America, um move on um yeah and so i i was often lobbying politicians at all different jurisdictional levels and then eventually when a, a seat became available on the town board i said hey why not me <laughs> <laughs> what well, is there like a moment that sparked your interest yeah you know and um it's a little bit of a tragedy for for me my my brother is a uh alum of west point mm -hmm. and uh he served in the iraq war and he was actually injured there mm -hmm. and um it, you, you know it occurred to me at the time that although it was military adventurism that kind of put my brother's life at risk, you know, us getting involved in international conflicts, uh, uh, trying to, you know, uh, is it is an extension of imperialist policy and, um, and, and, and reliance on fossil fuel. Um, that's what got us into the war, but then it was really single payer healthcare that saved my brother's life because they do have um, single payer healthcare available to the military, and um, it's 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 what really saved my brother's life. And so I said everybody should have access to that kind of healthcare. We should all, um, you know, you know, budgets are moral documents, and we should really. Um, have that conversation whether we need to uh, devote the number of dollars that we do to our military as opposed to some of the programs for social uplift that we fail to fund so that that's how that's what really piqued my interest that's amazing thanks for sharing yeah and then can you describe some like day-to-day -day activities you do in the office like a day in the life what do you do <laughs> Yeah, it's very varied. I don't spend a lot of time in the office per se. <laughs> um, a lot of what we do on the local level is uh, very much constituent outreach. 
um, the local level of government is probably the government that is most uh, impactful on the the community. Um, and, and so um, I have different committee meetings. Um, that that's kind of office time. We have two standing or we have four standing committees of the town board. I mentioned the two that I am chair and co-chair of. In addition to those two, we also have the public works committee and the public safety committee. I go to every committee meeting, regardless whether I sit on the actual committee, because they they tend to function as working groups for the town board. It's where we can discuss uh, potential resolutions that are going to be uh, um, passed in, in the open session of the town board, or um, it, it's an opportunity for community members to interact with us if they have any issues, be it traffic related, um, any of the different public works and services that the town provides, um, the community can access us at those various standing committee meetings and um, or up to, you know, um, tax related, assessment related, things along those lines. So, and so I spent a lot of time just in, talking to people about when, when they interface with the town, <laughs> like whether, whether it be their leaves haven't been picked up that week as they anticipated, or um, they want to, you know, they didn't feel like they got a fair revaluation on their house and they want to um, talk to our assessor about that. So, yeah, I entered for state Senator Jeremy Cooney in the fall. And oh, great. Yeah, I did a lot was like constituent work. And that's something that we did like every single day like we did yeah. like movie events and stuff like that so that was nice yeah 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 and and you know depending on what jurisdictional level it is you encounter different types of problems and um it's it's really rewarding being able to help people out when they interface with their government you know you want people to feel like their government is able to help them that the government is is there for their benefit and um, you want to make sure it's accessible to them. So it's really, it, it's really rewarding work. Yes. Uh, okay. Describe your history with the election process and some difficulties that you came that came with it while you were running. Um. Well, again, I, as I said, I'm an unlikely uh, politician. Really, um, I my my roots are in grassroots organizing. So. I, I'm pretty hands-on and old school when it comes to campaigning. I, it, it really is about how many people you're able to engage with. And so um, I spend a lot of time knocking on doors, wearing out shoe leather, um, talking to people. I literally go around and I ask them how they feel the government is working for them. I ask them if they have any issues. I ask them if they have any ideas on how government can improve um, their lives. And, and it, it's, it's really interesting because we have standing programs that we offer at the town level today that are there as a result of those interactions with constituents where we knock on their door and we say, hey, you know, what can we do for you? And they offer ideas like our, our semi-annual electronics and um, paper uh, or document shredding event, that event 
arose from constituent interactions that that, that those door-to-door -door interactions where they said why don't we offer this on a town level and is it possible to offer this on town level and then we looked into it and we were able to implement those programs so um yeah in ideas like community choice aggregation again these are things that um were these are ideas that were raised by members of the community and through organization organization we were able to implement them to the benefit of all yeah that's really important yeah yeah <laughs> do you what advice would you give to any high schoolers interested in pursuing pursuing government in the future or somewhere in like the legal field um well you know what I, what I would tell people is don't wait to be involved um, you, you know, I, I think people tend to downplay the, uh, their level of experience, but everybody's unique experiences contributes to the processes that we implement. So I, um, I, I noticed that a young man right now is running for RCSD. He's only 18 mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm going to a um, designating committee meeting. This is when the Democratic Party actually um, interviews candidates for selection to um, designate um, to the ballot. And, and one of the candidates uh, pursuing a town council position is a 21-year-old. So I see Gen Zs entering the political <laughs> arena, and it's really invigorating and exciting to me. I think um, uh, there is more of an attitude that you don't have to wait. You 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 know you have perspectives to offer right now, and I think that's that's the correct attitude to adopt. Um, obviously, Maxwell Frost, our first member of Congress um, from Gen Z, was elected this past election cycle, and, um, and Gen Z is probably going to be the generation that solves the climate crisis. So um, I think it's really important to have those voices at the table and represented in the policy that we're passing. So I'm... Uh, uh, as I said, you know, whether it's actually running for office or helping a can another candidate run for office or, you know, as he said, interning with your your representatives or, um, you know, just volunteering with a, a mm -hmm. resident board. We have a number of volunteer community boards um, mm -hmm. that are so affiliated with the town. And these are all ways to be involved. And I would encourage everybody to, to see what level of engagement they're comfortable with. I totally agree. It's almost like <laughs> so fun to like have the experience and like on hands, like an experience was really nice. Right, right. Are there any skills you think um, someone who wants to pursue government should have? I, I do. Well, you know what? I think it's important to that a lot of different sets of skills are represented. So I don't think there's any particular skills. It, it does involve a lot of, I mean, um, we read budgets. So, <laughs> so, so uh, but I think that anybody can be taught to read a budget. 
Um, but I, I think it's more um, having a vision and a vision for the community and wanting to um, improve this community and, and a passion for the work, a passion for wanting to help people and serve the community is all that you really need. Speaking about passion, what's something you love about your job? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I actually do love the public interaction. I, I love to see the gears work. I love it when uh, we have, we interact with residents and then to see an idea that a resident proposes go from that seed to an actual program or policy or, you know, um, one of the things that um, I implemented in the first, my first term was the Inclusion, Diversity and Equity Advisory Board. And that again came from feedback from residents in the community who said, you know, they were concerned about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion being a priority in the town and wondered if there was some way that we could incorporate feedback from residents on these issues and have, a, you know, give DEI the same weight that we give our sustainability efforts or our educational pursuits in the town. Um, and mm -hmm. so... I just love the interaction and I love to see um, that result in actual policy change. Is there anything you would change about politics or government? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, if I could wave a magic wand, I would make it more accessible. Mm -hmm. Because I, uh, you know, on the one hand, I say, get involved. You, you know, I encourage people to be involved, but um a lot of that process, especially in gaining ballot access, mm -hmm. um, is is out of reach for people. Um, we still have money in politics. You, you know, even if you're contesting a race at a local level, it does require some level of personal investment, monetary investment. Just you know, getting signs out there or, you know, being able to contact your constituents through mail. Um, so, so I wish that it, it weren't so, um, you know, resource intensive in that regard. I know that there are localities like New York City is um, already implemented uh, matching funding, public funds, um, they're looking to do that on the state level. So I think it's becoming more accessible, but still even some of the bureaucratic processes, especially in New York state, I feel are a little antiquated and, and are, would, would it just make the process less accessible. I, um, I talked about designation part of the, one of the ways that we get on the ballot is just by walking around and getting petition signatures. <laughs> we need a certain number of signatures from residents in that jurisdiction and from the party in order for our names to appear on the ballot. And, you know, that's not only um, harder to attain if you're physically disabled, for example, but, um, you know, just the difference between living in 
an area where the housing is really dense versus an area where the, the housing is more um, dispersed and spread out, that, that, can, that can pose different access issues for people. So I wish that we could kind of democratize access. Yes, that's really important. Yeah. Uh, did you major in government in college? I did. I did major in government in college. Um, Helped like deepen your interest and passion for government. Um, sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know that I ever intended to serve in government when when I majored in government. It was. Um, more that I was just, I, I was interested in the workings of government, not necessarily um, intending to be a representative, but, uh, you know, I, I thought maybe I'd pursue a degree in law or something along those lines, and, uh, and, uh, and, it, and it just, you know, worked out that I had pursued electoral politics instead, so... <laughs> Um, what resources do you think helped like your navigate your interests in these things in college? Like, did you join any clubs that helped with this or something? Like yes, I, I was active in the Black Student Union. And when I was at school, um, I'm going to date myself here, <laughs> but there were some significant um, geopolitical matters that, that uh, I was involved in protesting. Um, we were going through the divestment from South Africa period, um, really asking corporations to um, divest from South Africa so that we so that we could make human rights gains there. Um, and, and so I, I was active in that. I was active in a number of different um, feminist organizations. Um, I thought about minoring in um, feminist studies at the time. And that's when I was introduced to, um, you know, a lot of um, intersectional writers that, um, you know, broadened my idea of what feminism was and and how it, it could be intersectional. And um, yeah, that's, that's, really was the spark <laughs> do you have any final comments or any final like um inspirational quotes to the people who were pursuing <laughs> the interest in government or policy making or something like that yeah well <laughs> again i really do approach this from a human rights level i i consider myself a human rights activist to this day and so a lot of the quotes that inspire me are from um, human rights activists like Shirley Chisholm and, um, and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And, um, so, and so I would just say, um, you know, Shirley Chisholm is one of my favorite historical figures. And she always said, if they don't give you a seat at the table, make sure you pull up a folding chair. So, and that's the way I feel. It's like, you know, make sure that your voice is represented because if you are are, are not represented in those circles, believe me, you are being served up for dinner. So. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Thanks for joining me today, Ms. Blue.
Yeah, thank you so much. It was great having a conversation with you, Deborah. Yeah. <laughs>